Podcast the motion picture. My name is Reed, and this is Jack. Hi. Cole. Hi. And of course, Noah. Hello, everybody. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about once again movies. Uh, it seems to have worked well in the past. Let's see if we can keep it going into this new episode. Uh, so I thought, begin, I thought, what's that? I thought we were talking about books tonight. No, well, I think we, we. I know we had the discussion. We thought maybe we should show our, you know, the, our, our literate side that we do know how to read. But then, you know, then I realized I actually don't know how to read. So I figured we should we should stick to movies. Uh, so I just I just started Chamber of Secrets last night, guys. Oh, awesome! That's some wow, some would say. Some might say that's the best of the Harry Potter films. You're about and three movies off say... from the best one. Okay. Number five? Is it number f- which one's Goblet of Fire? Four. Uh, number four, you're two movies off. No. 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 Yep. Uh, number two. Two is the worst book, followed by four being the second worst. <laughs> I thought people I've never read the books. Okay, I've only ever watched the movies. That's Something I'm never gonna read, but I guess we're actually talking I... about books now. Well, <laughs> fuck. Oh, this took a turn. Well, no, Go on, Jack. Just keep going, Jack. Come on. But isn't isn't the movie and the book kind of different? For which one? Gobble of Fire. Yeah, they cut out a jillion subplots. Well, that's because that book is massive compared yep, to the first it's, three. It's so. a huge book. It's quite Pretty a joke. Okay. They cut out a whole subplot where Fred and George are like gambling with some guy. Wow. Like, there's 50 pages dedicated to it in the book, and it's completely ignored in the movie, and yeah, we, don't, that, we don't really miss anything. Yeah, that's the beginning, when they're at the Triwizard Tournament, and they're oh, betting yeah. on who's gonna, um, how, who's gonna, it's gonna be, Victor Crumb will get the snitch. But Ireland still wins. Yeah, and yep. then the guy's like, that's, that's impossible, you, you. <laughs> yep, and then it happens. It's now impossible. So, Oh, but you know what happened? So. You know what movie should have omitted its gambling subplot? What? The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Although yeah. that's hardly even a subplot. That somehow is like actually part of the main story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, weird. Anyways, Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> All yeah, right, let's get back to movies, club? I guess. One, one sec, before we, yeah. before we get I back was... to movies, I'm curious, Cole, uh, we were talking about Hermione's spew campaign to help out the house elves. Which book is that? Is that four? Uh, I, I think that starts in four, but I'm pretty sure that's like a part of the next couple after that, too. Yeah. Fun. Okay. All right. Well, that's all the books I've ever read. <laughs> I wouldn't know. What else is new? <laughs> uh, Anyways, oh sorry, I didn't mean back to, to Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> the movie. Sure, yeah, we were talking about it. I don't know how far did you get into it. I just I finished the chapter where Harry's back at the burrow and he's amazed by the first oh. magic house he's ever seen. Oh, I thought you meant you were at um, uh, you were watching a movie. You had just yeah, same. 
Oh, no, no. I, I'm reading the book. Well, this discussion is oh. going to a grinding halt right there. Uh, moving on. Brooks and Pinion. Um, God. Was... You can literally cut out the past five minutes. Yeah, just get rid of it all. No, I'm just kidding. It's okay. Um, people like to hear about books sometimes, except for when they're the ones who have to read them. Anyway, um, I started, I opened up uh, the Fellowship of the Ring book, um, and I was... Uh, Book. through it and i got to this little spot I, I didn't even start the book i was in the prologue just reading about the history of hobbits and it's i think i'm ready to actually read through these now i didn't think i'd ever be anytime soon but as i quickly learned uh it's much much different than the movies as the movies are movies and somehow the books are actually uh books um so something a little different astute anyway the, astute. the point that I was great reading, observation i know it's, it's pretty, pretty cool anyway i was reading about very insightful how, uh, nerd alert by the way how the hobbits and their great migration from the uh the land of of men and elves how they went to the far down lands and that's how they came across the shire where they got too cozy and they never left um but it was talking at one point about the very recent history of it with miradoc um brandy buck and how he is the master of the bucklands but anyway, it was talking about how he wrote a book, being a hobbit. Uh, this is really detailed. My God! Quick question, side note: Do you think, uh, um, do you think J.R. Tolkien ever uh, had sex? Like, I know he had a kid, but you know, the kid was adopted. Like, he had no, too much yep. time. I often think about that because then you you look at the world and how much he developed the actual world and then said I'll write a story about it's this just, world just... you often think about it J.R. Tolkien had sex <laughs> no it is I a don't daily the thought for myself it just it sets me <laughs> apart from everyone else I know it's why I can't be friends with too many people because this is what holds me back it's just... Yep, I, I dream about it at just night. Just of it, anyway. <laughs> just, just haunts my dreams. What I was going to mention is Miradoc Brandybuck writes a book um, about all the different weeds that um, they come across and they smoke it. One of them was Nicotonia, which, of course, I'm guessing is just... Yeah, baby. But, um, anyway, the, the thing I was going to mention was I'm doing the, uh, Cole, you've let me the Lord of the Rings extended edition, like a lifeline. And I don't know how I survived without it. Anyway, at the end of the two towers, uh, Mary and Pippin come across this, this storeroom of food and, and drink and, and um, barrels of this weed to smoke. And I think one of them is the Nicotonia weed. And uh, so I thought it was pretty funny to see the two things. Wow. Anyway. Attention to detail. Yeah. I should. That only super nerds would understand. I know, seriously. And, and I guess that's what I'm becoming as my lot to J.R.R. Tolkien and his private life. Anyway, I should mention um, while we're on the topic that I so gracefully planted us on, uh, the extended editions. Uh, they are amazing. Um, every little addition into the film, there hasn't been one that has been this never should have existed. Of course, there's there's the weaker moments in the, the extended editions, like the like Mary and Pippin's side story and their little extra adventure because of, of just hanging out with Treebeard and seeing the thing on trees. And it's... Uh, I don't know. It's not too much of an addition, so it's not like they cut out too much there. But I should I should mention um, <laughs> what the theatrical releases missed is um, is the whole Bar- Barmir side story and just developing him as a character, seeing an actual character that you can care about as he gets turned by the ring and seeing what's on the line. 
for Frodo, getting to compare the two people and see what happens as Baromir falls and how easily it can happen and how Frodo must avoid that at all costs. Yeah, definitely. Really, totally agree. Really works for me. He's, he benefits the most mm-hmm. from his character does. It's really great to see. But I don't want to. I don't want to keep boring uh, our audience with um, Lord of the Rings uh, information. So, if anyone else has seen any other movie, any recently? Yeah. So, with the bountiful new options that HBO Max like has, and that no one is watching because it's fifteen fucking dollars a month, and yep. unless, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not paying for it. I'm using my dad, so uh, that's the benefit of it. Wow, but... privilege. I know, right? <laughs> right? Privilege. Uh, but I've watched the... Uh, I've taken a break from the Friday the 13th series because, you know, I wanted to watch, like, something that I could think about and, like, not want to kill myself Sorry, after watching. Well, I don't think you're fully appreciating Friday the 13th. Go on. But, so, I've watched American Animals on HBO uh, Max, and it's, like really good like i'm surprised that like i thought it was like a t- 2019 movie it's like from 2017 like no one saw it wow, well, it was just one of those movies. years well you know what i mean like i thought it was just like a movie that just flew under the radar last year but actually it's been around a little bit longer and i'm surprised i had like hadn't heard of it it's the only reason i know it's been around for a while is because at mr movies it was always on the on the wall and I always thought that's kind of a cool poster. I should rent it. And now I will never get to. Yeah, they those those bird masks they have on the poster. Yeah. Never come to they're they're, they're just there. Huh. It's just a nice cool poster. Or, no, but it's like it's a weird mixture because it's like because you know with all heist movies you immediately think Ocean's Eleven, like sure. it's well you get, like that stylized like. Mm-hmm. store like style of heist but it is stylized it's a stylized movie but it feels a little bit more down to earth than oceans 11 if that makes any sense sure like it could actually happen well it did actually happen so okay well that probably explains why then yeah Okay. okay. Uh, I didn't think about. So, what American Animals is about? It's about the Transy Book Heist, which at Transylvania University in the United States, I think it's that, in Kentucky. Come on, Transylvania is not a real place. I know. Fuck you. Uh, this is fiction. There's the the library there hosts the oldest and most expensive books in America, and which includes like Darwin's and I think they take a old Bible in the movie, but then there's the main one is that I can't remember the guy who the author of it, but more like painted it. But what it is, it's like a four book collection where he painted all the birds in America. And I think it's called American animals. thus the name, you know, and it's just like, it's like a huge picture book of just these paintings of animals, specifically birds and it's like the most valuable book in the world. So the first two, your first two characters are introduced to, uh, they see it. They're like, this 
thing we could sell for $12 million is prote- is protected by a librarian who's like in her 60s. Like, this is the easiest like heist you could ever pull off. And then it just delves into the storyline of them formulating a plan, you know, being dumbass college students, formulating a plan, and then adding like two more people on. So then, and then how it just plays out and then the eventual downfall. That, that sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would like checking that out. It's. I think it's only like it's just under two hours, so it's mm-hmm. not like super lengthy either. You don't have to take like a huge chunk of your time out. I'll give that a look. See. Yes. Well, Are as long as you have HBO movie? Max. Yeah, yeah as long as you have HBO Max. Never watched that movie today. Are you are, are you gonna watch the new Anna Kendrick show? I think I had the Rod Tomato score of like forty percent, so No. Maybe pass. I won't. I watched the, the late Kendrick late night show, show with Elmo. Nice. Oh, okay. I'm just Yeah, there's that. You know where uh, you know where Elmo uh, first debuted as a talk show host? Not Stephen Colbert's show. Are you gonna say Stephen Colbert? Because you're yeah. obligated to because CBS. <laughs> fun. Pretty fun. They had good chemistry. They should work together. They should do a Muppet talk show. I'd rather watch that than an, like Kermit yeah. the Frog host the show. Oh my god, that would be awesome because uh, I enjoy the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Me too. We should do a whole Muppet themed episode. We could. I need to catch up on my Muppet history though. I mean, my, my Muppet filmography. I've only seen the Muppet movie. That's it. The new one. Jason Siegel. There's some of them on Disney Plus, I think. So, yeah. and they're really short. I think most of them are around That's forever. And a half. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so, what yeah. other movies have people been watching? I've kind of been falling behind on my movie watching game. I'm I'm watching the Studio Ghibli movies because those are also on HBO what Max. Is Studio Ghibli. Uh, you remember Spirited Away in um How could I forget film it? studies? It's made it, by that, that studio. It's by them, yes. Hao Miyazaki. Uh-huh. He's like coveted Japanese directors of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should I should mention while we're on um, foreign filmmaking, I guess. I, I don't know what counts and what doesn't count. Uh, if this guy counts in it, I don't know. I don't pay attention. Anyway, I should mention, as I was looking for at movies on just to get an idea for our later segment that we were gonna that we're gonna do, uh, I came across Snowpiercer and I didn't realize it was directed by Bong Chun Ho. Yeah, I'll read. Maybe we'll be talking more about that later in the show. Ooh, that's, that's fun. That'll keep Ooh. people here. That's a tease. Now that we have people hooked, I'd like to go back into great detail about the prologue of the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no, we're, doing, we're not doing oh. that. Okay, all right. No, we're not. You know, we don't want no, as much as, as good as the Lord of the Rings is. In our first three episodes, we mentioned Jack and Jill in each one. Let's not do that with Lord okay, of the Rings. Let's, wow, that's way better. Let's talk about Jack and Jill, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's bring the up Jack end and of Jill the world. Right? Okay. Um, do you think... Oh, sorry, Jack. I'm just going to hold... I'm going to hold that thought. Do you think the world would just be like, come together as one if we got a giant flat screen TV, like, blasted out in space and just played Jack and Jill. Do you think everyone would be like, okay, this we need to fucking stop this? <laughs> the like unify. No, I honestly, I think that would make things worse would... to be honest. Well I don't know how anyone would be able to watch it or like listen to it. But yeah, that would still suck. 
but like take like a rival and take like a rival instead of like the spaceships they're just tvs and it's jack and jill and you have to like work together to shut it off or it's just gonna forever be playing <laughs> jack and jill yeah, but what was it like when you were a kid jack and jill was everywhere we had no way there's no way to stop it Cole, I think you recently watched a movie that I adore. Yeah, that would be 2016's Hell or High Water. Because yeah, currently I'm on like a Western binge watch. Not binge watch, but just like delving into that genre, that giant fucking genre that's dead now. Yep. But like, there's uh, some creep out in the past few years, usually some good ones, like when Tarantino keeps it up and alive with Django and Hateful Eight. And then we got this one kind of with Hell or High Water, and that's. That's the guy who directed Sicario, or wrote Sicario. Wrote Sicario and directed Wind River. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's a neo-Western, so that's it's a new Western, kind of post-Western setting, so it's set in, like, modern day, and I don't know, yeah, but I guess, our, I, guess I can go over how I, I guess, like, the storyline, really, I guess we'll start with that. Um, yeah, uh, Chris Pine and his brother, two bank robbers, trying to reclaim the family farm because it's going to get taken by the bank because their mother died and still had a reverse mortgage on the house. And so they lose the bank. And they have like only a few days, I think, in the movie to get the money up to give to get the property back before it gets sold and yeah. or taken. And then, yeah, so they go on bank robbing sprees. And Jeff Bridges plays an old old sheriff that's trying or ranger, sorry, to try and track him down. So yeah, it's definitely I I really like I was telling you before, I really enjoyed the movie for the most part. I really liked the um slow kind of like quiet pacing of it all. Or at least like the slow scenes where there's the characters are just talking about their lives and how kind of like the world has changed around them, how they can't really do much about it except you know rob these banks. And I think Chris Pine does has a really fantastic but understated performance in that movie versus like, you know, just being able to be kind of like that quiet hero. He's kind of like the smart intellectual dude versus like in the Star Trek movies, which we've discussed previously, he plays kind of a loud, louder personality of Cam, for Cam Kirk's character. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the performances in that movie. And I think the storyline was a lot of fun. All right. Yeah, I there's something about those characters that that i just love like it's not like we've never seen those archetypes before but like you said the performances not just chris pine but ben foster is also freaking awesome in that movie mm-hmm. yeah and, and then, there's sorry have you have you guys have read and jack have you both seen this i have seen hella yeah. or high water yes okay so i'm gonna spoil it now so spoilers for people that care but the scene after Ben Foster dies, and then it's just Chris Pine like alone at the bar. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like just, it the, gets me every time. This, I love how it's just one shot. It's just on him, and it's just yeah. the TVs in the background. It's just focused on him. He's got his casino chips, and he's just depressed. That that was awesome. I love yeah, those it's little. Super, that, it's super cool. The movie's filled just those little quiet scenes. I mean, I loved it when they were at the casino the first time too. It's just. Chris Pine's just yeah. sitting contemplating, just trying to think about what he's going to do, like if they're going to succeed or not. Because he's clearly, his character clearly has just thought about everything, how, how it could possibly go down. And Ben Foster, he's constantly kind of messing it up because he's so erratic. Right. Like he goes and robs that one bank while they're at the diner. He just gets up and goes. <laughs> that <laughs> just, seems really funny. <laughs> 
I love it. I'll just like, oh, they just, they're all so successful. They just sneak into the bank early in the morning. I love that planning and stuff. It's like really thought out. It's really clever. And I, I love it yeah. when a movie is like intellectually gratifying like that, especially like the thought of them. You just go to the casino then that's how they count the money they got. Plus they get new, new bills after it. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it is. It's a really smart movie. Mm-hmm. But then when I brought up to you, like, what kind of knocked it down a little bit for me was I really love the final scene with Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine. Like, that dialogue and conversation yeah. was really great. But what I felt that what was missing, especially at that back end, was I wish it was just the longer. And by that, I mean, I wish there was just, I don't know. Maybe sometimes it's try- probably shouldn't ask for too much, but I wish there was more to the Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine scene. Maybe a shootout. But that's probably hearkening back to an older Western movie that would do that versus this one, which is a new Western where it's like, you know, people don't walk up onto people's property and just shoot them anymore. This is set in the modern day. It's not like a fantasy. And then I wish there was more time spent with his family, too, because I know there was just a little bit focused on, but not too much. He was divorced. He's got problems with his children. But there's just one scene that really focuses on that. And maybe, maybe it would ruin the movie, but to add too much to it because it worked well simply like that but i was just i just wish there was more yeah i can time see to that. it when was that released 2016 I think it was early but, i think it was early i know but like fire, when it, okay so because okay. i feel like it was really it was, un, an under the radar happy when it got oscar love because i didn't think it would it didn't win any but i think it was nominated for four if i did my research correctly yeah the screenplay i don't think it was any like huge like it didn't was it not what was it nominated for i know it was screenplay uh film editing and jeff bridges okay uh no i had um oh yeah oh no i didn't i didn't know if we were done with the discussion of it or not yeah watch that movie it's excellent Yep, watch uh, it. It's awesome. Excellent. I was going to ask you know if it was included. Noah, have you seen any movies lately? Well, yeah. Well, should, go I, on. should I talk about them? They're well, both ones that aren't all that interesting. What are they? Um, I recently watched Disney's 1955 Lady and the Tramp. Okay, that's not that interesting. Because I've been watching like all the classic Disney movies I've missed since sure. the last year or so, I've had Disney Plus. I should uh, I should add on to that. I've been watching. Yeah, uh, I've watched Jungle Book a few times now, just because. Oh I yeah, know, just do. Uh, it's awesome. Okay. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Um. It's it's not that good. I mean, there's no. some iconic <laughs> some iconic <laughs> moments, I guess, like when they're eating the spaghetti, and it it looks pretty nice. That is right, but that is that, the I was pretty senselessly bored throughout the whole thing ah. so <laughs> uh are you uh, are you at all interested in watching the uh live action version of lady in the tramp reed i am not at all interested in that oh that seems like it would be right around it, 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 it was that exists launch with yeah. disney plus oh that's out yeah oh, oh god yeah that's horrible <laughs> uh, nobody listening has any power to stop disney and uh, the baking <laughs> live-action films, please speak up. Okay, and the other movie I watched that is also not at all interesting was after we finished recording our, our last session, I went out to the living room, and my mom was like, 
hey Noah, Charlie's Angels is about to start. Want to watch this with me? And I said, yeah, okay. And this is the like the one with Cameron Diaz, not the one that came out last summer. And it was really, 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 really bad. And I was really upset with her for making me watch it. And and Bill Murray is in it. <laughs> and he looks like he wants to die. Like, he looks angry in every scene he's in. Well, Bill Murray stopped trying after, yeah. like, 1984. So That must have been one hell of a paycheck. Because I know he only, like, selectively right. chooses what he's in now. People call him directly, and he decides. Yeah, but yeah, he's was, got that eight hundred number. Cast is amazing. Tim Curry is in it. Oh, um, wow. Crispin Glover is in it. Like, it, it's a really good cast. But I, I just hated watching it. It's one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, yeah. I uh, oh shoot, I had a point to make, but it seems to be leaving me. Oh, I was gonna mention. Speaking of Bill Murray, he's in the. Uh, he was in that one zombie movie with Adam Driver. I always wanted to see that one. Jack, you saw that, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, the Dead Don't the Die. Jim Jarmusch movie. Is it the Dead Don't Die? Yeah. Okay, I wanted to see that too because I've Hi. seen um, Leah Patterson, which is an awesome movie. Highly recommend it, if you, especially awesome, if you like Adam Driver. I don't know. It's just... Nothing really happens. It's a Jim Jarmusch. Like, I think that's his style. Jim Jarmusch likes to do movies that are like super self-contained and like not really. Right. It's how do I? It's like it's like a turned-down version of Bicycle Thieves. Well, it's really yeah, neo-realism. Exactly right. That's what I was and yeah, so but Adam Driver is just a basically he's a bus driver in Patterson. His name is Patterson. And he writes poetry. That's his like thing. So, he... yeah, what, I'd watch. What's it. his goal as a bus driving poet to like make a like a is is it by the end of it does he come up with wheels on the bus go round and round? Is that what the story is, Jack? Are you telling me this is the origin of that song? Unfortunately, no. Uh, the ending is a little bit or uh, meek. It. I don't. Okay. I, I don't really want to say the ending because I, I don't do know if anyone's gonna ever watch it. it. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's really, it's got some really heavy themes of existentialism because, like, he, I will say that the two characters that are mainly seen in the movie is Adam Driver's Driver's character and then his girlfriend. And Adam Driver is a very minimal, um, minimalist type of person. He uses the same clothes. He goes to the same bar. He has the same exact routine five days a week. And then there's his girlfriend who's changing something every day. Like she'll be like trying to learn the guitar to trying to become an expert painter. And it's kind of like that, like different, a foil wow. character to one another. Nice. Adam. Yes. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, the Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Is it Kate Winslet's in the movie with him? Yep. Yeah, she's, I just can never remember her name because I, I don't see yep. her a whole lot. But I should mention that reminds me of their their two personalities. I mean, Jim Carrey's still a little bit fun, but he's kind of pretty. No, he, he is not in that movie, dude. <laughs> well, no, as it goes on, he was just sad and depressed. No. He is a little bit of person, at least from what I'm remembering while he's with Kate Winslet. He's having fun with everything, but 
but I guess him by himself is as a loner is, was he... is sad and yeah. And wow, that movie's awesome. For those of you who know what uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is, it is for me. I should mention um, the my my favorite uh, Jim Carrey performance in a serious role. Uh, not that yeah. the Grinch isn't serious, but I, I don't know. That's <laughs> that's a iffy one. What's in, what's that? I know that one got nominated. Uh, yeah, did it I win best sure screenplay? Because did did Jim Carrey did, did he even he get looked get at for an Oscar nomination like, for uh, acting in that? Because that is a okay, that's a me, crime. Uh, yeah. Jim Carrey is sad, a loser. He has nothing going on for him. He ends up meeting Kate Winslet. They get a relationship going together. Uh, suddenly, it all falls apart. Jim Carrey doesn't know what to do, so he hires this company that he's found out about to erase Kate Winslet from his mind entirely. But during the process. Yeah, second thoughts, and that's all I'll say yeah. about it. It's awesome. It's it's a perfect movie. It's really great. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like Jim Carrey should have been nominated for that, and then another un, super underrated another movie, uh, The movie. Truman Show. I feel like The Truman. I don't think The Truman Show truly gets like the credit it deserves, because everyone loves The Truman Show. I real don't think I've ever talked to someone who's like I hate the Truman Show. You're like, oh. funny you should mention. Like how? Because I. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. I enjoy that very funny much. That is actually, I think that's my the first memory of a movie I have because I, I can remember. I must have been like age three down in like, some restaurant with my parents in the cities, and that was on the television. And I, I think I asked them up until age eight every single time the memory came to me because I could never remember what it was called. But they always would say, oh, that's the Truman Show. And so that's um, – Oh, that's a great movie to start off It really off is. With. A good introduction. So, no, I guess that explains why I believe Jim Carrey is much better than uh, your hack of an actor, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> we, we don't need to get into that, right? Another episode. <laughs> That's another episode. Be clear, I, ne- I never story said for Jeff another Daniels time. was better than Jim Carrey. I just said that they were equals. And I said they are not any close <laughs> to equals. Right. Okay, we're gonna okay, we're gonna put that one on hold because this this could get heated really fast, and we still oh, have something. Dude, you fucked up. You should have said put it on the back burner. There goes our fuck no swearing thing. We God damn it. Well. Uh, Shoot! Oh, damn it! We're so oh, close. Well, I guess I guess the I kids forgot. can't listen to this one either. We'll have a we'll have a special episode where we talk about Lady oh, and the oh, Tramp no. and Aladdin and all those, and, and then at the yeah. end we can we can cap it off with one big f bomb. Just to... yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Is that yeah, everyone's movie so far? Everyone talking about any other movies? I, say, I feel obligated real quick to mention at the end of, of okay. last week's episode, uh, I said I was going to watch Halloween as soon as it got done. That fell through. I, I didn't watch it. I felt like a liar for having said it. I, I needed to get this off my chest. I I, I shouldn't have said I was going to watch Halloween. But that's day about that. We can move on to the next segment. God damn it. Well, okay, well, for this next segment, we're going to do we really like to do a lot. I, I, I don't believe in any of the episodes that we have uh, uh, out there. We have any of this going, but uh, we in our spare time make lists of things. We make lists of people. We make lists of places. We make lists uh, uh, quite a bit of movies. And so 
this week we thought it was fitting. We had a little bit of a space in our in our time, so we figured we better fill it. And so what we've done is uh, we've made a top our 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 genre for for top ten movies of, of this list. Um, you know, with the current events going on of just the uh, the the rioting and whatnot. Not that we're at a point of uh, any apocalypse. We thought it was fitting to to show the um, more of a, uh, how do you say, a more wild side of the world. So we went with the category of apocalypse being that there's not a whole lot of uh, riot-based movies out there or movies. Um... Oh, now I feel upset because we could have done like a black rights-related category. I don't think as four white males are really equipped to talk about that. We are four moviegoers, Noah. We are equipped to talk That's about true. anything movie-related. But no, I like this one. It's much more fun. I, I had a bit more fun. Also, I I don't think we ever need to really get too political with them. So, so to correct, realize, this uh, is a movie podcast. Post apocalypse, or I guess it's uh, apocalyptic uh, movie. And some of mine I should mention, yes. guys. Uh, I guess are in the midst of while the uh, apocalypse begins, but I think it can't. But I, I don't. As our, as our mind. There was a like when I when I said we should do this, I was like, "There's a lot of apocalypse movies." And then when I started looking at them, I'm no, like, no. "There are not a lot of apocalypse movies." Yeah, there, there's a lot of zombie movies, I but I there's not a lot of apocalypse. apocalypse. That's, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah. should we do that's like we each do our ten and then each do our nine and so yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. Is that hard? Uh, okay? You and get, then if you feel comfortable with sharing a description or why you put it on the list, yeah. then you can go ahead. But if you don't, okay. it no, think it matters no, do you want to start that? Just say it. I can read. Uh, for my number 10 apocalypse-related movie, I have Zombieland Double Tap. <laughs> a movie that I was so excited to see that I left my friend Reed. Wherever he, I think he was at his. I cabin. was, but I wanted to come back and immediately see that movie with you. And and I said, I'm going to this thing by myself. God, why? And and you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it was decent, and that's and that's about. Just it. Let everyone know I seen that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. I saw that in like, like I saw that it was there, but it was like, do I really like? Do I want to go see this? Like Zombieland, the first one like wasn't bad. Well, you know, but, like, I wasn't too impressed by the first Zombieland I, myself. Ten years, ten years later, do I need to watch the yeah. sequel? Like, I I just basically put it on my list just because it's a good memory of solitude. Get <laughs> Fair. So all right. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I want uh, my number dude. ten. What are you talking about? It's too bad. I just declared, I declared it. Uh, I declared. Uh, nice. And my number ten is this is the oh, end. I forgot about that. See, it's I. Everyone, it's it's one of those mixed movies because people either really like it or they really it's hate terrific. it, and I really like yeah. that movie. It's really good. So. The whole point of Michael Sarah being the biggest <laughs> asshole yeah. ever in like the first five minutes is just awesome. It's 
I think my favorite oh, subplot is Jay Baruchel and Jonah Hill like hating each other, but they're, they're like super nice to each yeah. other every time they come face to face. You know, when I, I remember watching that last, and I remember watching with Jonah Hill's character how, like, he doesn't care, especially when he's, like, he has the yeah. gun in his hand. He's, like, bang, bang, bang. And, like, he puts it in his mouth. He's, like, ah, like, oh, freak it out. It's, like, an actual, it, it's a loaded yeah, I, gun. I it's just, like, They're going to send Danny that. Bright out on his own. And James Franco gives him the gun, and Danny, Danny Bright immediately goes and tries to shoot them with it. And it's not loaded. And then Danny McBride said because he gave him an unloaded gun. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. It also has the Backstreet Boys. Don't forget, they made an actual a full yep. song just for that movie. Well, Cole. Wow, incredible. I don't really have much of an opinion on that movie. Okay. What's your number 10? But I guess I'll go to number, I'll start up my number 10. Uh, hold on. My number ten for my apocalypse top ten apocalypse movies is Invasion wow. of Body Snatchers from 1978. Okay. Sorry, Don Sutherland, wow. Leonard Nimoy, and Jeff Goldblum. I remember watching that movie as a kid, and it <laughs> fucking scared me. I have not seen it. Like Don. Yeah. Donald Sutherland. Is that the? Is that the? Yeah. Just, let me talk. Donald Sutherland at the end, it's fucking the lady walks up and she's like, oh, hey, Donald Sutherland, how are you going? I know you're a part of the rebellion against the aliens. How's it going? He fucking just dead stares at her and points and starts screaming. It's fucking terrifying. Because last time we saw him, he was fighting the alien plant monsters that were trying to take over. You guys, I'm going to be missing in action for about three minutes. I just spilled a gallon of Arnold Palmer all over my floor. But I'll be back as soon as possible. Uh, uh, Cole, that sounds really awesome. I should say, if there's a okay. curtain like uh, in a movie or just in, directly in someone's acting, it's it's a it's a moment where someone can be so off-putting and so just different from everything else, and can give you that emotion of like this is weird and wrong, and it doesn't it's not fitting for who this is. I really love being put out. Sorry, mm-hmm. go on, Jack. I think the. Oh. I think the only other movie I've seen Donald Sutherland in would be uh, yeah. Animal House when he's the stone stony teacher well, Jack, who ends up. You saw him in Ad Astra. Is he in Ad Astra? Yeah, he's the really old man who leaves about a third of the way into the movie because he was too old to finish the movie. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. He's hanging out with Brad Pitt when they go to the moon. No, like, no, you're, you're lying. Like, you're fucking with me. I can't go on. I'm too old. I can't walk around these sets anymore. And then they're done. So he literally exits the isn't, movie. No, no isn't I'm not. Isn't isn't he, uh, he's, God uh, damn it. President Snow that, in Hunger Games movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. So I've seen him in more than one thing. God damn it. I should mention, uh, you yeah. just mentioned um, yeah, fuck. that Brad Pitt was in Ad Astra. I could not have told you who was in Ad Astra at this point. That's how, that's how, how little that movie is. Ad Astra is so forgettable. That just, oh, it was, it's, a, it's a good looking movie, and I like the like world it built, but eh. yeah, yeah, I could give less of a shit. Seriously. That's it. Honestly, 
up until that point, I thought Tommy Lee Jones yeah. was dead. Like he hadn't been in anything for years. I was just like, oh, guys, he really did Tommy Lee Jones is just not uh, here. Let me let me hop on my uh, number ten. We'll we'll get this one out of the way. Uh, I should mention my list doesn't really start to matter to me so much until I think about number six. So the rest of them are pretty light. Oh, I guess tell me. I guess eight and seven are cool too. But my number ten is Shaun of the Dead. I included it because it's fun, light, nice. oh. it's a pretty good comedy. And, oh, uh, boy. and of course, it fits the apocalyptic bill that we we're trying to fulfill here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got a great soundtrack. Does it? As a queen? Yeah, it's, it, they beat the hell out of a zombie oh. at the end. To the oh, I should mention, yeah, because that, that was like a reoccurring mm-hmm. thing for me in movies. It kept being. For just whatever reason, don't stop me now. It's in our it's in our four year tribute to our, our, our boys productions. It's it's in apparently Shaun of the Dead. I heard it in. It's in uh, what is it? What's that? Hardcore Henry. It's in. And then it was in a commercial. And for a time, that song was everywhere, and it was getting to be a bit much. But I still love it. Yeah, no, I was talking about like the zombie theme, like the la 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 oh, when they're like you know the opening, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't pay attention when I watch movies. Yeah. Um, I guess while while Noah's cleaning up his mistake, like his parents oh, would like to do true. with him. Uh would one of you two like to Jack, you were I guess you right after <laughs> if you want to, if you want to hop in on um, somewhere. <laughs> Fuck. Well, okay. Uh, my movie, I had a hard time figuring out my number nine because it was between two and I decided to go with my wow. number nine is nine. What made wow. you pick yes. number nine? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you... I don't know. It was... It was it was one of those things where I was just thinking about apocalyptic movies, and I was like, "What movies have I seen?" And then for some reason, Nine was there, and I was just like, "I haven't seen this movie in ten years, but I still remember the little doll fuckers fighting against like the mechanical crow." And I was just like, "Why do I still remember this?" Like, so it's my number nine. I don't. It stuck around a long enough. I think you did that. I watch I I'm didn't. Right it wasn't now. supposed to be. I should mention, I've never seen that movie. I've seen images for it, but I've never actually, I've never seen it myself. Yeah. It's got a really weird cast because it was, it was one of those times when like, you know, no one was really doing like mm-hmm. scary animation, like at least in America. It was kind of like, it was just kind of like one of those movies that was just kind of there. I think what's, what's his name? Um, who's in who, Dewey Cox? Why do I know that, but not like Talladega Nights? It's uh, yeah, Tom C. Riley's in it. Cool. There's a voice in it. I, I like John C. Riley. Wow, cool. What well, a cast. Wow, cool. Yeah, but like, don't, yeah. don't expect that. I'm glad that no, I like have it. the movie Nine to look forward to in life, Jack. I was, I was hoping you had some. Uh, nine is it? No, that's, that sounds good. Uh, cool. thank you. Oh, I guess my number nine is wow, nice. 10, Cloverfield Lane. 
Yeah, I really, I, I remember, I saw that movie once in theaters, and yeah, it just really stuck with me. I thought it was really well written. I love how it's just set in just the one bunker, and John Goodman is just yeah. absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I love the setting. I love how he's just like constantly like trying to stop them from going out. You don't really know what's going on. You just yeah, yeah. You only know as much as your main character does, and whoever else was in there with you. The other dude, I think, if I remember, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know the other actors who were in that movie. It was uh, fuck. What's his? It was Cooper. Cooper. Um. But anyways, yeah. I just love the fuck. paranoia that's just set in too, and just like the setting yeah. in general. It's really, really, really fun movie. Yeah. Until the last part. Yeah, I should say uh, 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 10 Cloverfield Lane is on my list, and uh, I won't get too into it when I won't get into it at all when we get to it on my list. But I should mention, I've always loved John Goodman in that movie as the character where he's the whole hesitant, like, could he be good? Like, is this something he's making up? And then as soon as he, uh, spoiler alert, as soon as he um, kills the guy in it, um, just every scene after that that he's in it's just so uncomfortable and it's just you need just you can just want to be away from him mm-hmm. you don't want to... if I remember correctly yeah. that movie's got really sure. good sound design there's, too there's the oh Bradley, yeah he's uh he's a Bradley Cooper's in like oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the sound yeah. design that's when he fires the gun in the bunker, just go. how loud it is, and it's ringing, and it's the only thing you can hear in that scene. That's a detail I've always remembered from that movie. Mm-hmm. Now, pertaining to the ending, how I should we do spoilers or no spoilers? Because how do you do? Did you like the way it ended, um, or would you rather have had it been John I, Goodman was just bad shit? Cloverfield movie. If it wasn't attached to Cloverfield, I'd have been all for. Um, that the idea of having it be just a paranoia, not real. John Goodman made it all up. I, um, I mean, of course, I guess since it's Cloverfield, you have to have all that in. But I, I would be of setting up Cloverfield like it's a Cloverfield movie, and then having it not take place during any of the events of Cloverfield, and it just he just in this universe is just crazy. Or yeah, or it felt like it could have just been like a yeah. script that was just appropriated to be a Cloverfield movie. Yeah, you know, just attack it on at the end and have the marketing stunt where it's like, oh look, it's a Cloverfield sequel. Do you remember Cloverfield? And then yeah, you could. That's how you can sell it because it could just <laughs> I'd be watch John Goodman John Goodman movie. bunker movie. I would too, yeah, I but that right. doesn't make as much money as a Cloverfield movie. Well, wasn't wasn't the one that followed the Cloverfield like paradox or whatever the fuck that was? It was a movie. I don't know. It was uh, that was the one they advertised it. I think during the Super Bowl, and so I watched it at work because I needed to get from twelve to eight in an instant. And so I thought a movie would help. And if anything, it it might be a bit harsh. Maybe it prolonged the time. Maybe it made the time last even longer while I was there. I, I just don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on, my number nine is This is the End. I won't get too into it, but I definitely, for me, This is the End is an awesome movie. But, yeah, but, yeah. yeah I knew that was going to be on I, at least I, that's one other one person's I list. Seen in quite a while. It's the last of the comedies on my list. And, yeah, it's the last of the comedies on my list. And uh, that one 
just the the idea of having it just a star-studded cast of all the the comedians in that group that are all kind of know each other pretty well and are in movies together in one film where they're just stuck together that was a pretty good idea and the best of being is that they just play themselves but like yeah, a really dramatic and over the top versions of, of themselves that's all I got to say about that. So if you want to, it's all good. Just great. awesome. Oh. No comment from Cole. Mm-hmm. No comment. No comment, Cole. Okay. Yeah. Well, Noah, what there about you? How you? Oh wait. Yeah. Oh. There he is. Oh. Is this working? Yeah. Oh. Right. oh. Hey man, what's up? Yes, it is. Welcome back to the land of the living, friend. Oh. Uh, um. So uh, we're we're just about to start our number eight. Line. Noah, what was your number nine? Yeah. Well, oh, you wow. missed a pretty good discussion. Oh, uh, we oh. laughed. I cried a little bit. Uh, oh, really? Cold is spot on impersonation of John Goodman that would have you just rolling. Oh, really? I'll be back to the yeah, oh. incredible. Anyway, so, but yeah, we're moving. Past. We're not yes. Trying to talk about it anymore. You no, missed it. To, just, and the revelation. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, guess, uh, should, should we not let him know of our number okay. nines? Well, we talked about that one. Yep. Yep. What the, what the and my that? number nine was the movie Nine. Listen to the podcast. You'll find out, Noah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. No, I have a reason to tune in. You'll find out, Noah. Ten, eight, Noah? ten minutes earlier. Well, my eight is the aforementioned yes. Snowpiercer. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Is that your eight, Jeff? Really? Okay. 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 Yeah, I saw it for the first no, time. A couple no, no. It's on my list. I had a whole but... lot of time to reflect on it, like I have for some of these other ones. But I only watched it because of Parasite. And yeah, it's interesting. I don't love it. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, honestly. But I really love the future it creates. And it's just, it's very clever. And it's very singular. There's definitely not another movie like Snowpiercer. So I put it at number eight out of, like, respect more than anything else. Wow, that's neat. Well, has me interested to watch it, actually, that there's not another movie like that. Because Chris Evans in it looks uh, not like Captain America. So I, <laughs> no, he's not. Try. How, yeah, oh, no, he's, yeah. How do you, how about the I mean, yeah, uh, directing of it, Noah? Did you ever, did you really notice that? Really. I know, but you notice how the camera doesn't move any, it just, That's, it only I, moves right. It doesn't ever but no, I move left. Know that. I don't know if you've noticed that. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers. Camera movement spoilers. Come on, man. Yeah. What do you think of rock movies? The camera movement. It's all the rage. Yep. Well, there you go. Good discussion Sorry. on Snowpiercer, Noah. Geez, I feel like I was there. <laughs> Thank you. Just kidding. <laughs> My number, wow, the what order. is, Here we go. What is your number eight, was, Reed? Uh, well, pretty lame. I think Cloverfield Lane spoiler. Mm-hmm. That's, wow. but, uh, that's the one where John Goodman, uh, the bunker, the oh. two other younger people uh, are in there too. And uh, uh, it's a Cloverfield movie. That's uh, that's the one. There. All right, moving on. Okay. Yes. Well, go. My number eight. Oh, my number eight is War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Cool. See, my why I put this one over the other Apes movies, besides having seen the first Time of the Apes, plus it's like five sequels, which worth the watch. But the newest ones, it was that Rise of the Planet of the Apes, it's as good as its CG is, it's already starting yeah. to age a little bit. And and then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I just think War of the Planet for the Planet of the Apes is just better than Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So which is why I chose number this one is because one, the CGI is fucking awesome, and then Andy Circus needed some more recognition for playing Caesar Caesar in that. Because uh, it's definitely this is the place uh, that Andy Circus needed to get the attention and the, the mention from us. He he definitely needed it in a career at this point. But I will second Jack. Uh War of the Planet of the Apes is awesome. I, I it's been a while and and uh, so I don't much remember it, but I I love the uh, CGI is of course incredible. But uh, for me, it's the there's the scene where they come across the the baby human and they take it with them, and uh, I thought it was pretty neat to see that they just that level of compassion in the apes and also the Caesar character having to deal with them, his family and losing them, and it's a lot for an ace movie. No. Besides the movie being like set in the snow, like in the winter, part of me thinks they did that just so the CGI yeah, could they could just right. flex, like for the snowflakes on the apes. <laughs> it, was, it was a flex because it looks damn look good. Million, but they said, ah, they're gonna love this. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. My number eight is Wally. Very nice. Oh, yeah! Wow, Wally's Wally's an excellent picture, dude. Excellent animated picture from an excellent studio, Disney Pixar. Dude, can't get enough of Wally. You know who did the cinematography for that? Oh, nice! Wow, did he was did he actually go Uh, Roger Deakins? Film everything, or was it he? He actually plays Wally. He plays Roger Deakins yeah. as Wally. That's a lie. That wasn't Whoa. true. Uh, I've always, um, I've always felt That's that incredible. people sleep on Wally. It's, it's one of my favorite uh, of the Pixar movies. I, I love that one. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Nice environmental message. It's the apocalypse setting because the entire entirety yeah. of Earth is fucking destroyed. So yeah. Well, awesome. Great. I think it's Jack, wonderful. is it your, your eight now? What was your eight? So, no, if you want to hit a seven. I already shared my eight. It's on to no, seven. Just... My eight. I, I guess I can hit my seven. Okay, Noah, since it. you're asking, it was the I, war wait, for the plan of the wait, apes was my number order. eight. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. My number seven. Right, go on. I'll go. Oh. Can I go? Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. My number seven is Tom Cruise's Edge of Tomorrow. Which, what? <laughs> no. Huh? Yeah, solid choice. Like, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a solid I, choice. I just, I was stretch. thinking about putting it's, that, and then I was like, stretch, does it count? Like, as in to talk about it is just a chance I'll take because it's <laughs> awesome. So it introduced yeah. me to Emily Blunt, who I'm now in love with. And I mean, I, I've seen it like seven times at this point. So yeah, that's my yeah. number seven. Um, 
Nice. Uh, uh, you had me going there when you said Tom Cruise because I thought you were going to take my number seven, and I thought I was going to be the original one again. My number seven is War of the Worlds. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh. Oh, I thought it was the other. I thought it was the other Tom Cruise apocalypse movie, which was Oblivion. You did that. Now we can all talk around drop uh, Tom Cruise movie titles all day, but in the end, we're going to come back to this one: War of the Worlds. Now I should clarify: it's been a while since I've seen it, and I don't much remember it, but I know that I like it. Funny you should say that, because I watched it like a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, tell us that. The first half is stellar, and then the last half is borderline <laughs> awful. So, all I know is, all I know is that I saw that <laughs> yeah. movie and I was like twelve or thirteen, and it scared the fuck out of me. Like the, the, the blood veins going across the world and whatnot that they yeah, keep that finding visual just dry is awesome. out. Yeah. Uh, also, the when they're out yeah. on the, the field yeah. at night and they get picked up into the alien machine cage thing, that thing always the thought of that was always terrifying yeah. to me. Just that that would happen to me as a kid. But uh, I should mention there's a scene in it that I always love. It's one of the as Cole you've mentioned the as Donald Sutherland doing that where he's just pointing and yelling in Invasion of Body Snatchers. For me, in War of the Worlds, there's a scene where they're they're staying in this one guy's house to get out of everything out in the country, and this guy's trying to like dig a hole, and he's just digging and digging and digging in a back room, and he's just going crazy through everything. And, and I that that's another one of those moments for me where it's just it's not right for a person to do it. It's just very clear that this is so far off. And Tom Cruise gives a really good performance in that scene. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Now, Noah, you know, is what's That's the what official name the for DVD Edge of Tomorrow? Is it as Live, as Die, as Repeat? I'm pretty sure the official name or is, is it Edge of Tomorrow. Because it's, because yeah, you know, it's based I on a, manga, I think it? it's based off a, a Japanese product, which it, yeah, yeah, and it's, I don't know how, I think that's all you need is kill. And I don't know how you it, take it, that and okay. say, let's see, you make an even more seven. confusing uh, title. Oh, my number seven has already been said, which I found distasteful for it being any lower see, I love than that seven. Movie but my, my number heart, seven is Shaun of the I Dead. Didn't really think of it as an apocalyptic movie. <laughs> I know it was a stretch for me, too. But yeah, go on. Down. I just, it's. It's my only zombie movie I have out here because I don't know why. It's just, you know, when you hit that phase and when you watch R-rated movies and you're like, oh, this is like, I'm being awesome. Let's find the best one we can watch. For some reason, Shaun of the Dead was like me, Cole, and Bowen's go-to for like R-rated movies. I don't fucking know why, but I know at least within a a stretch of one year, I watched it like four times. Well, you go to it. Sometimes we'll watch movies with us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he doesn't often remember the movies, though. Um, yeah, I should mention, maybe it's because I only watched it, like I say, I, I no. think probably a year ago is when I saw it. And uh, for me, for me, I always grew up around uh, Hot Fuzz was the uh, silent movie for me to go to. But uh, no, Shadow has uh-huh. never been like a Shame. necessarily to return to. But that's just me. That's just... <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, my number seven. We've talked about this already. It's War for the Planet of the Apes. As we said, as we've noted previously, incredible special effects. Um, and great perform- mocap performances by Andy Circus and the rest of those two. <laughs> He's on. Get up yeah. and pretend to be monkeys. Yeah, they do a really good job, and it's sometimes I just—it's so hard probably to make a convincing yeah. character in a mocap suit, and you're a monkey. So, good on Andy Circus for that. I'm, I'm very excited that. still at this point to hear Noah's uh, monkey movie. Oh, oh Noah, coming. would you like to go? But not yet, because my number, like, my number six six is a quiet place. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, uh, this is a movie coming mm. out of. I was kind of down yeah, on it. It was so hyped up. I was like, that was good, but it's kind of derivative of freaking M. Night Shyamalan, and that's never a good thing. But then I, I finally bought the Blu ray just because it was really cheap, and I watched it again, and it, it just blew me away the second time. I was so wrong. Just the atmosphere and, again, the performances. Emily Blunt is so great at acting, and I just love her. And it's super tense, and it's one of my favorite, like, apocalyptic settings. You can't make a noise. It's such a fun premise. So, yeah, I I was super excited for the sequel before movies gave up and were canceled forever. And, yeah, yeah, that's my number six. Yeah, well, that's a very good choice. Uh, I, I too, uh, mm-hmm. appreciate A Quiet Place. It's very good, and I, I'm sorry to you two brainers uh, for the sad life you live not being able to enjoy that movie. It's awesome. No, it's it's good. I'm sorry. My, <laughs> you know, I didn't go blue. You did, yeah. you I did like, vomit on you know, the spot. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, the premise, I lo- yeah, I agree with you. I really think that world is really kind of fun and clever setting for to put characters in. It's just like how the rules that they establish in that one is like, how the hell are you able to live in that world? And um, just sometimes it just yeah. stretches that premise a little bit. <laughs> like, right. how the hell do they run a generator in their home? But like yeah, like some most for the most part, the, the horror settings that they do are really great. Like when Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt's pregnant, they got to deliver a baby. That's some great drama. Or they're in that silo. Or when she steps on the nail. Or when John Krasinski <laughs> has to start yelling yep. because he loves his deaf deaf daughter yeah. and doesn't want to see her die. That's that's a, that's a very good yell. I won't. No, I won't here because I'm yeah, I'll do it. Lose a few brain cells. I. I shouldn't because I'm also in my, my basement and I don't want to bother my No, don't. Please don't. Because it's to yell to save death. Yeah. Also, also, I'm going to try my best here, but one of my favorite memes that came out of that was like, do you remember, do you remember uh-huh. the beginning when they're walking uh-huh. on the bridge and the little kid's got the spaceship? And he turns it on. Well, that happens, but then like, it's John Krasinski turns around and it's just Kevin like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, chocolate bar. He's like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also <laughs> I also there was another one of that where the kid makes the sound, but then it's the catch of the gym staring at the camera of it. I have not seen either of those. Oh, they're great. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, what number are we at? Number six? Uh, Who's up? You. Jack, are you up? Six. Reed. Correct. Oh. Um, I believe you. My number oh, six would mean, is, Yeah, uh, I believe it's Reed. I mentioned War of the Planet of the Apes to summarize. Good monkey look. 
Go on. <laughs> nice. Okay. okay. Now, my number six might draw some Big controversy. So, oh, setting us up. I'm, ooh, ooh. It, what? At oh, number oh, six, yes. come on, man. I have Mad what? Max Fury Road. Really? Yeah. Yes. See, are, are you? Yeah, watch that movie with, with Tom Hardy. I did. And Charlie's there. Yeah. I, I, I am sure. Yes, with Tom Hardy. I saw it in theaters, and but then I had to re- rewatch it out of theaters. I actually think I own it, but I had to rewatch it because I remember in theaters my theater-going experience was ruined because some dumbass dad brought his four-year-old to a fucking R-rated movie and said, here, son, while there's violence, play Jump Pack Joyride at full fucking volume. So he did that. So, you know, when you're trying to watch a movie and it's like a quiet part and Tom Hardy's being a badass, that, you just hear I think our like the Gatling gun of the fucking put jump pa- the Jump Pack Joyride going. 20 years, number six yeah, I don't on believe I don't believe it's that. It's... Yeah, it's kind of weird. So, I won't I won't. I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie because it's a fantastic <laughs> movie, great movie. Okay, awesome. Well, I guess we're gonna have because to wait I around. just like watching the other ones more. Uh, Jack, please don't describe Mad Max Fury Road. I don't want to confuse the audience because I'm sure you don't know what this movie is. Uh, moving on to sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I do know what the movie is. Yeah. I'm curious. Better have, yeah, I want to hear him talk up his next five. I want to hear him describe in a great detail. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, I didn't. Oh, for some reason I thought you went cold. Go on. We're on number six. All right. My number six is um, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I really like that zombie movie. I think even though like the special effects are really old, there's a lot to appreciate going on there for the budget that they had. Which okay, was, I so think it was Tom Savini that worked on that movie. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, the zombie special effects are pretty good. Besides just you know painting green on them for the most part. And yeah, the yeah. setting it's pretty iconic setting in the mall. You know, just trying to live, trying to survive during a zombie apocalypse in a mall, and just seeing how um, society and then the group collapses and eventually everything goes goes to hell. Yeah. So yeah, it's really an entertaining movie. That's just I, absolutely I'm iconic. To say I haven't seen, but that also yet, really cheap at the same time. I haven't seen that one either. Oh. I, yeah, wow, awesome. I saw. I've seen YouTube the uh, the, the remake one. Zack Snyder. Because the. Wow. Okay, I'll say there's a Zack Snyder Zach movie that I'm like, I did enjoy yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention um, I didn't. Put I have it on not. My list I haven't seen I either. Think about it, uh, and also it's more a zombie than apocalypse. Uh, it's the uh, Night of the Living Dead. Night at the museum. I remember. Uh... No, not, no, Night of the Living oh. Dead. It's uh, another one. I won't get into it because I don't remember it that well, but it, it was pretty good, important uh, movie because of. Uh, uh, an African American actor who I do not know who he is, but it's good. okay. My number five is Wally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I find it really amazing how this movie wow. just became more and more relevant, like twelve years later. Um, yeah. the animation is beautiful, but that's to be expected of Pixar at this point. And once once he gets up into space, it definitely loses something, but. On purely like apocalypse related movies, I think Wally might actually be the most realistic. 
and it's really awesome to watch and it's just an achievement in filmmaking that first 30 35 minutes basically dialogue free so i thought i should put it on my list well nice i feel obligated to now mention i talked up a big game Mm -hmm. about how much i like wally it's not on my list and i now i (laughs) wrong uh Okay, well, so this will go on to what my number five is. It's not quite Wally, wow. I guess, but uh, Noah, you're going to hate the mention of this one because my number five is I Am Legend. Ooh. It is, I remember my music, it's awesome. My parents took me to see that in theaters. When I, I was won't boo six, that. Six, I think. Um, maybe I was eight. I don't remember what year it came out. Either way, both six or eight was too young to see the movie. Very scary, very horrifying. I still get a little bit of the memory of how horrifying it is. I, I, there's a, a scene in it where he's in a Mustang driving through New York City just trying to kill a deer and this like herd of deer. It looks awful with the CGI being cheap and very low budget because it's a Will Smith movie. Anyway, but I still love the thought of just surviving in New York City as now it's a jungle and I love how empty the world is. I love the... Um, the attachment that he's formed with his, his dog and that he set up mannequins and, and that's his interactions with the world now is, is through these fake people that he portrays onto the mannequins and just dealing with having this German Shepherd character of a dog get killed off and him having to go through that is is pretty cool to, to have watched and to have seen and it, it it's one of my more uh, it's one of my favorite of the Will Smith performances. Yeah, I recently saw a clip in which Kevin Smith yeah. inserted himself into a scene where he yells at Will Smith, and it that was confused <laughs> and angry at it. So, yeah, that's basically my opinion. It somehow it's made still affecting you now. It's like my JR in my Kobe. life. Personally, I am not a fan of Will Smith or most of his filmography. Okay, well, that's fair. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Well, it's, I I like I like I Am Legend. It is one of the earliest movies that I remember watching. That it was kind of like it not being definitely scary, but it's like definitely one of those first movies you watch. And you're like, oh, this is a really like intense movie. I I should probably not be watching this, but I don't. I watched it with Bauman because I know. Jeff was one of those dads who you'd watch a movie with, and then he'd watch a movie with you, and he'd be like, I'll just skip the bad parts, and then he wouldn't skip any of it. So then you just, <laughs> just watch the full movie, because I think we also watched MacGruber fairly young um, with Jeff Bauman, and I well, can tell I you, like he did not skip any of that movie. The jump scares and the, the tension of but, Iron Legend. I can say... Yeah, no kidding. All right. <laughs> we just move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt how much you enjoy this movie. You clearly have a passion well, for it. I guess what I'm going to do with this and the anger care. that I have right now, Cole, is you got to hold on to it. I'm well, going to wait till you're talking about a well, thing on some other, <laughs> other podcast, and I'm going to ruin it for you. I'm going to just what? Well, well, I can't wait for my number five because about everything I'm about to say will probably be disregarded as heresy oh, yeah. so uh, box, right? yeah I, at number five i have snowpiercer 
Now, I, I, now I know what you're thinking because Noah, who, who, who was at number ten? Was it Noah? Was did your number ten was Snowpiercer? Oh, number eight. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed Snowpiercer the first time I watched it, and then I watched a, I believe Nerdwriter does a video on it where he talks about the actual camera movements and like what happens on the actual set. So then I watched it. And I said, okay, I'm going to watch it again. And then upon re- watching Snowpiercer a second time, I found even a deeper like enjoyment in watching it because watching the actual camera movements as well as the decisions of the main characters you find in the movie, it's just, it's so... And it's also uh, Bon Joon Ho, so like you get those, you get those twists, and the twist at the end is just—I personally thought it was amazing. So well, that's man. why it's. Yeah, I, I know you. Number five, but somehow better than the high octane Mad Max Fury Road movie. But, but Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer has its own like set of you know, yep, like whatever. No, 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 intenseness. I get it. I get it. It's fine. Who's All right, fucking okay. Cole. What's your number five? I got yeah. Arrival. Yeah. Very appropriate. Uh, well, I don't care. Let's Go move on. on. Arrival, oh, really? You're welcome. Oh uh, no, Arrival's really good. I just don't know how it's apocalypse. Well, sci-fi apocalypse. Aliens are coming to the. I, I guess. I, I guess it's I, I agree. Kind I of stretching that. the genre it is just a it, bit. I, I, felt, but... I feel it can be. Up... Yeah. Pretty up. Pre-apocalypse, it's kind. Of, they're fucking the alien obelisks or whatever. Just they're ovals or stone things, whatever. They're, yeah. Whatever shape you call them, they're fucking up the world economy, and people don't know what to do about it. So, kind of that kind of dysfunctional reality that is present in like apocalypse movies, which it alters like the society itself, makes you question reality, etc. So yeah, I mean, I just found that movie wildly entertaining and just um really how it deep and emotional and quiet I agree thing it's is. awesome yeah, I personally didn't consider it consider it an apocalypse movie so it's not on my list but it's really really great yeah uh, can I can we go to um, IB film studies uh, where we made the list of we, we listed all our yeah, yeah, the order of our favorite movies we watched in that class yeah and I, I still put, have that list on my phone I put Metropolis above Arrival and even MVD said what <laughs> 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 he disagreed. I stand by it. It was a pretty cool movie. <laughs> yeah. What? You know, uh, my I love I like Arrival a lot. I think saying that's an apocalypse movie is stretching it quite a bit more uh, so for than the audience to clarify like the other movies you've said in the list that you said you're saying snow piercer is better than mad max fury road but well, on. well come on reed no one would say that <laughs> okay yeah that's the fuck that's you that's no disputable but uh whatever no, yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense to me either go on jack <laughs> As I was saying, Arrival, I think, it does have the apocalypse elements, but Spectacle. it's so more character-focused yeah. 
rather than like yeah spectacle like yeah the cgi is fantastic but the whole I do not remember character about what's her name who amy adams plays uh but the i don't remember but that Agreed. whole piece okay. i feel like My is more four. centered to the movie than we have the finally aliens. reached my ape movie but oh i chose dawn of the planet of the apes Whoa. for my number four <laughs> an exciting why noah don't well, spoil I'll tell you Whoa, that. i haven't seen that one, so please don't spoil it for me go on okay wow oh, seriously nope uh, okay yes, but, well uh part of it's the theater experience i saw this the summer before i moved into my new house and it was Ooh. like earth shattering for me like i'd I kept talking about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes for like months after I saw it. Like I, and so a lot of it might be nostalgia for a movie that's only six years old. But yeah, I think it balances the action better than War does. I think the effects are still very groundbreaking. I think it's probably Andy Serkis's best performance of the franchise. Uh, Toby Kebbell as Koba also is really awesome in that one. And yeah. yeah. It's great. I won't say anything too plot related. It sounds awesome. You've convinced me because I actually was making a point all my life to not watch that movie because I hadn't seen it. So I figured, what's the harm in not seeing it? But I guess if you said, I'd better see it. Darn tootin'. I think one of the reasons why War of the Planet of the Apes had its issue was because I think it was mismarketed. Don. Uh, yeah. No, I'm talking about war. Dawn was perfect, perfectly marketed. I'm coming from the angle of why why you would say war. Dawn is better than War, because when you think of War for the Planet of the Apes, you think, right? Oh, it's going to be like a battle. Yeah, War instead of it's yep. the Great Escape of the Planet of the Apes. So, all right. that's that. Number four. I'm going to have to keep this one uh, fast too. I'm going to be quiet because it Weird, is. What's again, your number four? A Quiet Place. Uh, very good. I very much appreciated it. It was the theater experience for me that really is something I'll never be able to forget. The mix-in with all the silence, uh, everybody in that movie theater being filled out, constantly listening to the crinkle of rappers and the slurp of soda pops. It was uh, quite an ordeal. Everybody got the hang of it in like five minutes, and then it was dead silent, and you could hear a you could hear a pen drop, and you better believe you could hear a John Krasinski-sized scream in that theater. <laughs> <Pretty well. laughs> yeah, now you bring up theater-going yep. experience. I, I do remember, remember that. Art Man Cinema used to have a vending machine in the corner. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You're and awful. I fucking bought the saltwater taffy. It was the only one left at the bottom of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this shit. And I... <laughs> Fucking, it was individually wrapped in the big, big wrap, and it was, I got God, after it was it. awful. Like, it, God, I feel like did Sophie come with to that movie? Why do I feel like there was a girl <laughs> presence with us, which was unusual? I don't think so, because that was February of 2018. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. I I think the I prom like... dates were there, weren't they? Yes, that yeah. would have been before. I, yeah. I have no idea. Okay, well, I, I I know what you're talking about. Well, I don't know. Well, I hope I... Okay. All right. Um, Going on. Uh, Jack or Cole, whoever's up, number four. Okay. My Ooh, number four... Film nerd. 
is Stalker by no, Andre Tarkovsky. Now, <laughs> I know none of you have yeah, seen too. that. So, uh-huh. no. hey, three. Stalker. Stalker was Tarkovsky's. I I don't believe it was his last movie, but it was his last movie and before he got exiled from the Soviet Union. And uh, what it's about is that there's this zone that they call it that was basically remnants from an alien ship that crashed, and it supposedly gives people magical powers or grants wishes. So the three characters of the movie, one being the stalker, the guy who leads people into the zone. The other one is a writer who wants to wish to be the best writer in the world so he can become super wealthy. And then the third guy is a scientist who wants to study the zone. And really what what it is, it's just an analogy for like, the zone is just an analogy for finding purpose in your life or like making a dream come true because in the movie that they, they have to take a certain path. They can't take shortcuts first off or the zone kills them. And the end, it just beautifully shot. It's one of the, it's a Tark- Tarkovsky really? movie. So it's very well directed, but yeah, that's, that's why it's number four. It's really, it's it's super lengthy, but it's one of those movies that you can put on and just kind of take it in because that's like the point of it. He's really slow moving imagery. Um, I'm still trying to figure out, but the the characters once they get into the zone, uh, always look, make eye contact with the camera, and I don't like at certain points, and I don't know what that's well, really sure supposed that's to mean. But I've seen it, but, so I have nothing. To yeah, add. that's my number four, Stalker yeah, by Andre Tarkovsky. I have nothing to add. Cole. Yep. Four. We're on. We're on your four. Yeah. All right. What is that? Was that four? Four. Hell yeah. Nice. Yep. My number four is The Matrix. Wachowski. Keanu Reeves. Yep. Excellent picture. Really well structured. Oh, yeah. Like fun action with an awesome premise that is unseen in any other picture. So, yeah, it's super original idea for the time. And, yeah, plus also great action set pieces. So, and then, yeah, the apocalypse setting is just that's why I pick it. Well, my number three is is The Matrix. So, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. For all the reasons you said, it's oh. one of the most original movies I've ever seen. Wow! It, and the timing is perfect. It got plucked. It's in 1999 when everyone's freaking out about Y2K and the computers. And here's this movie about like, yeah, you're living in a computer right now and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And you guys know I have a soft spot or a hard spot for Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and and it's maybe like his best performance just because of how physical it is and he can play the everyman really well it's yeah i mean mm-hmm. yeah he plays like the super relatable character he's up in there with all the others yeah of, like, neo the is main superhero characters point, I mean, for sure like the iconics i guess the same yeah mm-hmm. 
I should mention, yeah, I've never until, had much issue with the second uh, The Matrix Reloaded it and then whatever the fuck the third really one is. Bad as everyone thinks. It's, it's well... fun. I would disagree. You know, it would be such a for me if one, he didn't forget giant all his powers, orgy. and two, there was yeah, the giant orgy. Zion, so, orgy thing. Oh, yeah. That's, it's whatever. I Listen, I, I as I said, it's it's fun. It it's is what really it is. Yeah. It's, I don't know how you make a sequel to The Matrix. I, I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> so, I, so I'm not going to... I won't... I will criticize it. Um, while we're on the topic just of the don't, Matrix, because, because it is coming up on my list, well. but it's not here yet, um, I should mention, I'll get into my, my view on the Matrix and why I like it so much. Uh, it's I, I, I watched it a couple months ago, and it started the rewatch between, I watched Matrix, and then I watched uh, the second one, which one's that one, Revolution? Reloaded. Reloaded. <laughs> I, I won't watch that third one because it's just that's that's too that's too much. Um anyway, so this Matrix one, I, I rewatched it. I hadn't watched it for probably since I was like ten. It had been forever. And the world is incredible. just seeing everything, the seeing Neo learn and grow as a person and have to be the hero of it all after being his what is the computer life he had, being a nobody and a nothing other than a hacker. And really just the villain of, of, of Hugo weaving in it. He's, he's awesome. And he, he, in every direction it, for me, it, it works. It's great. All right. But yeah, the movies basically fall as structurally. Yeah. Um, the screenplay sense. And then, yeah, they well, just, I'll drop my number material really well. So that's all. That's pretty I much say it. my one, two and three are interchangeable. It's, I had to put these on here. Just my number one is number one because it's, I'm guessing no one else has it. And my number two is number two because it's the Matrix. Just spoiler. And my number what, three. What, dude? Is, I know. My number three is Mad Max Fury Road. What an incredible movie. An absolute masterpiece of cinema. You do not come close to making something action-filled, and yet somehow you intermingle a story through it that you can just lightly follow. You don't have to carry it care a ton about you get to see just this just this gritty across a barren wasteland of a desert as people connect and and have to just survive and go back and it's just it's an adventure it's incredible the the action in it is is out of this world i i don't believe i've seen anything like it the practical effects of of driving those big rigs across just sand and, and having the man on the guitar strumming out flames jack what is wrong with you <laughs> Well, you, you may as well have. You, put it on you may as well just have said that. I didn't say it's a bad movie. It's honestly okay. It's probably it's probably better than some of the movies that are above it. I will admit it to just that. Comes down to but emotion. it's just that your emotional just, attachment to the film. It's not that I like. I, I, All right, yeah, I will be talking more about Mad Max. Like, yes, there you yeah, go. That's, that's good because it's and for me the reason why it's at number three and not two or one is because I don't, I don't have much of an emotional connection with it. It just is an awesome movie, and that's why it deserves number three on its own. But, but mm-hmm. I've I've only seen it twice. That's how awesome it is to me. It's that memorable. Agreed. I've only seen it twice too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, who's up? 
Woo-hoo. It would be me. Now, this movie is dear to another person on this podcast. My number three is Children of Men. Yeah, it is. Yes, and it is fucking awesome. It, I don't know how, because you figure out what, like, there really isn't a huge twist. You kind of already know the twist really early on, but it's just the way how it's shot, like, in a journalistic style. And you're like right there, like in the first opening sequence. I've never seen a movie. An explosion I've never goes seen off, a movie and it's in my life that puts you in the action. The, the whole imagery is then. incredible. It's yeah. also sound. Well, Jack, yes. I mean, do we have but, time to, uh, to just summarize what the movie's about? Uh, reading <laughs> Cole, it's in about. In the details of Children of Men. Real quick, no, I got to ask. Yes, we have Men, plenty of time. Is Children of Men, though, is this the movie you told me to watch at some point? Is this that one? Because you told me it's to watch the, it. It's, very quick, it's very definitely quick. one of them. Okay, yeah. yeah, is this is who directs this one? Alfonso Cuarón. Okay, right, I'll never watch this movie. Jack, describe it, please. <laughs> yeah. So, Children of Men is, put it brief, it's, I don't, it's a virus has caused the human race to no longer have children. And so it's an aging population. Everyone's dying and you'll find it's in the movie description. They find this black woman who is carrying a baby and it's the only person known in the world to be carrying an infant. So the whole story is this guy is trying to get her to safety. So then she and the kid can go actually live their lives because children kind of become like a celebrity yeah, in this yeah. world. Because I think it opens up by saying like the youngest person oh. in the world has died. And I think they're like 31. So it's kind of like that setting no. of nice. what it is. It's a, it's a pretty realistic yeah, movie. Convinced. It's really gruesome. It, he does not, Crone does not hold back on the violence when he shows it. All right. My number three, Shaun of the Dead. We talked about this earlier. Uh, I really have a really great emotional attachment to this movie as I watched it as a kid, and I just find the movie really hilarious and well directed. I think Sean, uh, sorry, um, not Sean, yeah, Sean of the Dead, yeah, I just uh, everything is well acted, it's really funny, and yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much my spiel. Kind of want to wrap this up pretty quick, here, but so. yeah, yeah, good, good choice, Noah. All right, so I'll go to my number two, which is Children of Men. All right, that's the one yeah. Alfonso Cuarón made about the children celebrities. Babies can't be made. Lady wants to get free. Yeah, that's the one. Very good things about it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I guess we can try to wrap it up here, even though I could no, talk. If you want to, no, if you want to laugh, yeah, um, it it just it's very sci-fi too. It's almost like a. like you think it's gonna be a sci-fi, like thought-provoking, almost an epic. And then when the action starts, it just doesn't stop. And this is another stellar cast. You have Michael Caine as like a pot-smoking grandpa in there. And you have Julianne Moore, who's always awesome. And you have, I think it's pronounced Chuatel Ejiofor. He's in The Martian, and he's the guy in Doctor Strange, like the sidekick. He's great, too. And, yeah, this movie is phenomenal. It's still somehow very underseen. It's like 15 16 years old i think and honestly just like the casual movie goer probably hasn't even heard of children of men mm-hmm. 
So please just watch it. It's so terrific. I'll see what I can That's do. That's all I'll say. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll hop on my number two real quick. I mentioned is the Matrix. I already said my piece, so we can move on. Jack. All right. The political. Okay. Comedy? My number two is Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Rain and Love the Bomb by Stanley Kubrick. It, it's yes and no because it is about the apocalypse because the apocalypse happens in the movie, but it Kubrick directs it as a political thriller, but it's a comedy, so it's really, really weird. But it's super, it's awesome. Oh, the end sequence is insane, yeah. and the movie message, the message the movie has is just. Unreal, something you've never. It is satire, right. but it's kind oh, of the I idea that you know humanity is yeah. on the brink of destruction at any yeah. point, and we just kind of go okay, like, "Yeah, eh. uh, cool." This is fine. Well, my number two yeah. is James Cameron's The Terminator. All right. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There is an apocalypse in that movie, considering that the. Terminators take over the yeah, world and murder all the human beings. I forgot about that. So, yeah, no, again, really, really original plot that inspired tons of ripoffs yeah. and a franchise that doesn't seem to die, just like the Terminators mm-hmm. in the movies. It's really metaphorical. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, um, really excellent picture. I think it's super well acted. Um, and yeah, I would just say like, even though Arnold Schwarzenegger really doesn't have many lines in the dot in the movie, he's just an intimidating figure and perfect casting just to play the Terminator. Uh-huh. And yeah, really well executed action and it's well put together. And yeah, James Cameron does a good job I with agree. that one. It was solid. Okay, yeah, it's it is great. But um, last time I watched it, I was struck by some of Michael Bean's line deliveries and how bad they were. <laughs> I, I had never <laughs> noticed that before. He's got a lot of exposition early on yeah. that he's got to get out there. Yeah, but it's great. Obviously, it's the Terminator. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the, yeah. All right. Well, my number one. Oh, no, real quick, real quick. I should mention. No, yeah. we're kind of running pretty long on this one, but I should say, make sure let's all with our number ones uh, uh, mention them up as much as they should. But let's change up the order on this one real quick. Uh, I'll go. And then Jack can go with his mysterious number one. And then seeing as both of, I'm figuring both you two have the same number one. Correct? I, I think you okay. figured correct. I, I, I would assume then so, I suppose yes. it's more of a grand finale type uh, at the end of our third sure, act of, sure. of this list. That makes sense. We should let you two uh, go off on the atrocity that is listing uh, Fury Road at number six. Uh, my number one is The Road. That's fair. Ego Mortensen. Think okay, I I've never seen that because I can't I find it anywhere. Is, this is but I have heard the soundtrack. It's no longer there's there's no fun in this world. That's there as much as I can see. Nothing to it that is redeemable. The world is over. It is done with, and the people left on it are are there, not even picking up the pieces, just scraping over what they can and hoping to live on to the next day in a world that they don't hope to be in anymore. It was. As I watched it and, and, and it continued, you kept thinking, maybe there's something that will just make this movie okay in the end. 
And as it went on and on, there was nothing to, re- to not, not that it needed redemption in the movie itself, but there was nothing to redeem why you would want to be here. It, if I were to end up in a place like this, there's not a doubt in my mind that I as a person could survive it, not, not physically, but mentally and emotionally just would absolutely be draining. There's, there's so many scenes in it that just prove that while humanity might have survived humanity for people is dead it's there's nothing left behind people they're 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 monsters in it and and so for me it is the apocalypse movie that's what i have to say about the road um, no i just have one question because i have not seen it but, watch. i don't remember uh, different language was that in an, is that in another language sorry or is that english because okay because i know oh cuz i know people always talk that movie up it's and it's one of those awesome. movies that it's like just, it's a select few people have watched just, but it's like it, widely it's regarded awesome. as like a fantastic the movie that they set up it's somebody to imagine that must have been in some other type of just difficult place to have to think in this terrible way um, I, I'm pretty sure it's in English, but I, I don't think there's much talking throughout it. Uh, it's it's pretty quiet because there's nothing to talk about in a in a in a in a greenless world. Uh, yeah, I also have not seen it, and I've never really heard that much about it. But I'll have to add it to my IMDb watch list. It's, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's Fair. nothing you should not let yourself miss. You got to see this one. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, my number one is also not the most cheerful of movies. My number one is the uh, movie that kicked off the cyberpunk craze being Akira from Japan. Now, it's awesome. It's, it is animated, and it's one of, those, it's one of the last of the few uh, uh-huh. cell animations. So, you know, like the old Disney style of hand-drawn, you know, when they'd flip the pages I'm talking about. And for some reason, the it looks... The story is re- fantastic. It's been... It's a pop, a pop culture icon. Like, very few people, like, can't recognize um, the bike from Akira. But mainly what is just... Even if you don't like the story... Or you're not a huge fan of animated movies. What I'd say go watch this movie is for the animation because it is stunning. It's the the way the frames move, and even the lighting. Like you watch what? it and you're like, how the fuck uh, do they animate this well, lighting? I've because it's it's surreal. Well, I've, but yeah, I've seen Akira. Here's my yeah, uh, number pretty one. Pretty cool. I mean, I personally don't think it's anything truly special. I can understand its longevity in pop culture. It's really recognizable, but overall, I mean, like, I wasn't wowed by it. That, but that's just my yeah, opinion, it, really. it sounds like something I should watch, I guess. I, that's the feel I get from that. Um, well, the moment we've all been waiting for. For me, the plot just kind of jumps between two different characters far too. It just doesn't feel like it has a lot of um, direction and vision for what it's still going for and I just feel like you get lost between two characters and I'm not sure who to really follow huh. in it but the third act's kind of fun 
Well, that's fine. Pretty much it. Yeah, so let's get the to the moment we've all been waiting yeah. for, the Grand Slam <laughs> yeah. event. This is the, the one for the money, ladies and gentlemen. Gather around your, your listening devices and prepare as Jack uh, Brainerd has to deal with the onslaught that is Noah Lane and Cole Brainerd's uh, view on the uh, 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 hit movie, Mad Max Fury Road. No, wait, my mm-hmm. number one is the movie Oh, Nine. no, okay, this whole thing got the Oh, whoa, <laughs> whoa, right on left field, holy shit, that's incredible. What a Just twist. kidding, it's actually Mad Max Fury Road. Yep. I almost yep, take it away. I almost don't even want to make fun this of This is already going to hurt. You know, everyone has their own opinion. And I know many people that are close to me that don't like Mad Max Fury Road. And to that, I just say, why? Why don't you like this art piece of cinema that is 100% thrill ride from the mm-hmm. word go till the freaking last name rolling off the end credits? You are just in this world. There's a guy playing electric guitar with fire like spraying out of the neck while Tom Hardy is getting his blood like sucked out of him. Is attached to a rig through the desert, and you know what? There is a story there too, because you have Charlize Theron, who's all bald, and she's like, "I gotta go find these women that are kick-ass." But you know what? The kick-ass women have been on the ugly guys thing the whole time, and then they meet up, and you get Tom Hardy and Charlize working together, and you have perfect action, and it's a mm-hmm. perfect movie, and that's it. Nice. That was well done, Noah. Thank you. Thank you. I can agree with you on every single statement that you've just said. It's excellent, excellent picture. What a picture. Like Al, Al, freaking Al Pacino and What's About Time in Hollywood. What a picture. <laughs> what a picture. The 14th yeah, it... of McCluskey. <laughs> what a picture. But no, just like, just yeah, I love everything about the movie yeah like you said it's like george miller just this old dude from like the 70s and 80s who did the mad max movies he's just like he comes back in just 2015 he's like let me show you how you make a real action movie all you wimp yeah how you do it it's, it's just incredible blows out every the competition completely out of the water like nothing can match that movie with its style and action and yeah it, like you said, it's got a story. It's got characters you follow. You not necessarily you follow Max per se. He's not the one you relate to. He's just the one that relays the story for the audience. Really, you follow the people he meets right. in the movie. That's Charlize Theron, and then her plot and the emotional freaking strange she goes to you know complete her job, which is to help these three women you know escape from this ugly fucker. Yep. So. Yeah, it's just and the vivid just color palette of the movie Absolutely. The way it changes its views throughout and intense violence is just just awesome. Yep. That's it's literally the only script description you can just go for. Really? It's just awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that about so, wraps yeah. it up finally. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. there you've heard it. Uh, I'm do not ever say Mad Max is below a f- one to these people. You will be ridiculed, you'll be hated, and uh, your lifestyles and views will change forever. 
And with that, I just got to say, this episode is quite lengthy. Thank you for listening. If you stuck around to the end, know that I'm always right. Um, and then with that. All right. Follow us on Instagram. Goodbye. Goodbye.